It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And Peter Dowd of the Irish Gardener joining us this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Trish. How are you? I'm very well. And uh, is the sun shining on you? The sun is shining. You know where I went this morning for a walk around, Trish? I went down to Fota, to the wildlife park. I often go to the gardens, but I went down to the wildlife park. And even though the weather was threatening, you know, we had to pre-book and everything, uh, and everything is fine. But it was gorgeous down there. It was threatening. But by the time we left, the sun was pretty much out. Yeah, so it's lovely now. I'm, I'm back in Cork now. I'm back in the city, but uh, uh, the weather is good now. Yeah, yeah and it's meant to be good for tomorrow as well. So there will be lots of people out in the garden. Let me get straight in with uh, questions. Um, Mary in Carrigaline, the strong winds that we had about two weeks ago, she said uh, we had six red robin hedging gone black. It looks like they've died. Do I dig them out or do I, or do I give them a chance and let them come back? They got damaged in the winds. I- yeah, they may have been damaged in the wind, or it may not. It may not be the black. It might be just coincidental. The black could also be a sign of a fungal, a fungal leaf problem that that affects Photinia red robin. Um, so it's hard to answer that one without saying seeing it. So when it's environmental damage such as wind, um, it's it's rare. It's rare that it's going to kill a plant unless it actually physically lifts it out of the ground. Trish, so uh, it's rare the wind damage would kill something. So I would err on the side of it's going to be okay. And I'd err on the side of cutting it back quite a bit. So removing any of that black growth, uh, feed it to drive on new growth. And again, go for something like that nature safe liquid seaweed that will drive on new growth, healthy new growth. Uh, And if it was just wind damage, by doing that, uh, you should see good, healthy new growth relatively quickly and and it should be fine. If it's the fungal infection, I'd give you the same advice, except I would then also maybe treat it with with some copper sulfate, but, uh, you know, the organic fungicide. Um, but try just cutting back and feeding it first. I'd say it should be all right. OK, stay with somebody who thinks it might be wind damage as well. A listener <laughs> says, I have a shrub in a large pot and it's named Myrtus Luma Glan Glem Gold. That yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Glanleam Gold. Glanleam yeah. Gold. I have, with a few years growing in a large pot, it's been doing very well, but now the leaves all of a sudden are gone brown. Now, it's not dead, but the leaves have gone brown. Could it be wind damage as we hit a lot of strong winds lately? Do you know what? It's exactly the same answer as the, the red robin. It could be wind damage, but equally it could be fungal. And if it's been growing in a pot for several years in the same position, it's unlikely, even though I know we did have strong winds, it's unlikely to just be suffering from wind damage now unless you moved the, the location of the pot, you know, because you would have had strong winds over the last six or seven years in that area as well. So it's unlikely. But if it's been in a pot for a long time, it's also very possible that it's just hungry, so it's got too big for the pot that it's in. 
Now, depending on the size that it's in, you may not want to hear that because it may need a much bigger pot. Uh, but it, it's probably the most likely scenario is that the leaves are going brown from um, from it being hungry or perhaps it dried out. Now, I know it hasn't dried out in the last few days, but the, we did go through, um, as, as Irish Water would attest, we did go through quite a long period of, of dry weather. So that would have dried it out in a pot and it would obviously, like, it could kill it. Um so it could be it could be either drought damage, it could be a fungal infection, it could be wind damage. So I'd say wind is the least likely. Without seeing it, it's hard to say. What I would do is take it out of the pot that it's in, if it's practical and possible, uh, water it well, put it into either a bigger pot of the open ground and keep very well watered uh, and, and see what it does. But I think it should be okay. Hi, Peter. Question for you, please. I've planted ivy and pyracantha in a large 200-litre barrel. How high and how wide will the pyracantha grow? It's in good quality topsoil and compost mix. Also, I have 7617 tree and shrub fertiliser. Can I use this to feed them as well? Yeah, but you wouldn't need to feed them if, if, they, if they, by the sound of it, they've already, did, did they say they've already planted them in, the, in it this year? Yeah, just planted. Yeah, just planted. So no need to fertilise at all. There'll be plenty of nutrients in the soil. Um, 7617 is a high potassium one, which, which you know, no need to fertilize them now anyway. So the, the pyracantha, which is a lovely evergreen, quite a thorny plant, lovely white flowers in, in spring, early summer and berries then in the winter, really is gorgeous and loved by blackbirds and bees. So a good choice. Uh, and the ivy also an important one in terms of biodiversity. So two good choices and two lovely plants. Um, to answer the question as to how big the pyracantha will grow, it, to a large degree it's indeterminable. Even though you have a 200 litre pot, which is more than big enough, uh, it may restrict it in time from getting to its full, but probably won't even because 200 litres is, is a decent size. So you would easily expect it to get to seven or eight feet in height with a similar spread, certainly six feet in spread. It turns into quite a big, big plant. If you're growing it near a wall, they don't say whether they are or not, but if you're growing it near a wall, you might want to prune back the growth that's growing out from the wall. So then you'll have a, a, a larger spread. You won't be losing growth going forward. So you'll, you'll, it'll spread more if you cut it into the wall more. Hi, Peter. I have a Japanese, is it a, a Nemon? White swan. An enemy. An enemy. Sorry, white swan. Purchased it last year and I moved it this year without disturbing the roots. Now it's wilting. Did I water it too much, do you think? Unlikely that you watered it too much. You mightn't have watered it enough, even if you think you did. Uh, They don't say whether they moved it into a pot or the open ground um, or when they moved it. Now, the the problem is if you moved it when it was in leaf and when it was in full growth, you, you... even if you don't think you have, you very likely did uh, disturb the root system. But I, I would say a good drenching of water, which it's getting from nature and it's probably got from the caller, it, it should come right. It may wilt now temporarily. You may even lose some, some or all of the leaves that you can see. But I'd say if you've got as good a root system as, as possible and it's only in the ground a year, I'd say it'll come good again. Don't panic if the leaves die back. Uh, I don't think you've overwatered it. If anything, it's just suffering from the from the move. Mary says, "Question, please. Uh, can I divide clusters of bedding begonias? They are they are many years old. If so, when is the best time to divide them? If they're many years old, I would suggest they're probably tuberous begonias and not the bedding ones. So begonias come in in two different. Well, they come in many different types, but if, for the purposes of this, they come in two different types. The bedding begonias are the ones that are the fibrous rooted ones. They, they don't have any tuber. Um, 
if it's the tuberous ones, the, the bedding ones are treated as an annual. So they, they, they go into the compost bin after a year, maybe two years. If it's something that you've had for many years, I would say it is the tuberous one. So I'm going to answer it as if it's the tuberous one. Um, and so what you do with that is when the, when the foliage and the, the flowers die off towards the end of the summer, kind of August, well, later, September, October time, then you lift the tuber out of the ground and don't divide it then, but store it somewhere cool and dry like you would your daffodil bulbs, wrap it in a bit of paper or something like that, uh, and plant it out then into pots next year, kind of February, March time, plant it into pots to start the growth coming. Uh, and before, just before you plant it, that's when you divide it. So you, with a sharp knife, actually, is the best thing to use here. Uh, you, you might be able to identify or you should be able to identify the little growing eyes that are coming from the tuber. So it, provided you make sure that each division has one or more of those eyes, then each one is going to be a plant. Now, of course, when you're cutting the tuber then, Trish, um, you're, you're going to have the cut is going to be a wound. It's going to be an open wound. So that is a place, particularly as that tuber is going then into the soil, that is a place where disease can get in and fungal infections. That's the biggest risk, if you like. So I would give it a dusting with the copper sulfate, which is what I was recommending there for the red robin as, as a, a fungicide. Don't make a solution of it in this case. Just use the dust, the copper sulfate dust, and dust the open wound with that uh, and then plant them out next spring. And and hopefully uh, you, you'll, be, you'll be successful and you'll have lots of fresh begonias next year. It should be terrific. Anna says, hi, Peter. I have a good crop of black currants and raspberries this summer, thank God. Could Peter suggest an alternative to the traditional netting to cover them from the lovely blackbirds? As last year, I had to free some blue tits from the netting, which was very stressful for them. Also, there are raspberry bushes shooting up everywhere, like 20 plus more than this time last year. And they're still popping up in all sorts of places. Is this normal? I'm very grateful. Well, first of all, deal with the second part, which is the easier part. Uh, yes, that is normal. That's what that's what raspberries do. They they travel by underground route and then they they come up wherever they want. So when you're cutting them back, uh, you you cut back this year's growth, which is fruited, which has gone brown, which is in the winter of the year, uh, and you'll be concentrating on the green stems for your crop next year. So ones that are growing, kind of, if you're growing them in a row, uh, then if you if you want, you can the ones that are growing up outside of that row if you like that have traveled a few feet out from the row you can actually just t- lift them as new plants go straight into the ground sever them from the parent plant with a good spade uh, and then you have those new plants that can make the row longer or you, you can give them to friends or neighbors whatever you want but i wouldn't let them i wouldn't let too many shoots uh go rampant because it will weaken the plant and you you won't if you have less shoots coming from the same root system you'll get better fruit so that's the, the, the main thing um in terms of the first part of the question that's trickier to answer how to keep the birds off them and we're, we're of course i'm always on about attracting birds into the garden yeah. and then when we have them in the garden we want to keep them off the the raspberries and black currants i don't have a magic wand for that one perhaps somebody else does i'm sure it'd be, be, be delighted to ring in um I'll throw it out on Facebook on my own page, Irish Gardener, and put up, see if anyone else has, has solutions. But really, netting is the best thing. Um, and that the is only a problem is for suspe- the smaller birds. It can be. Yeah. But if, I suppose the only thing I would suggest is if you suspend the netting tightly and tautly, and maybe the smaller the holes, the better. You could go with a windbreak kind of netting, but that would cut out a lot of the sunlight. That's the problem yeah. there. 
But if you can go with a very fine netting that isn't going to reduce light too much and make sure it's suspended tightly so that if a bird hits it, they're not getting tangled in it. Mm. That's oh. the only kind of advice that I can give. Or you can get a fruit cage. You can, if, you, if you Google fruit cages, you'll see things that are, are ready-made and available to buy. Okay. Uh, if anybody has a solution for Anna, let us know. Uh, and stay on berries, this time gooseberries. Our gooseberry bushes have tons of berries, says this texter, every year, but only a few dozen the last two years. What's going on there? Two Two dozen seems fine to me. <laughs> yeah, but, ca- in, but in comparison to what they were normally yeah, obviously getting. Down. Yeah. yeah, I would say a good pruning. They sound like old plants, so a good pruning. Um, they don't say whether they've been pruning or not, but I would suggest if you haven't been pruning, to prune them uh, and prune out a lot of the older wood. Prune out about half of the older wood this year and then the same next year. And that should lead, obviously, to younger wood, which will be more bountiful and more productive. So that would be the first thing I would look at. The second thing, and particularly if you have been pruning, uh, I would look at maybe there is a maybe it's lacking a bit of phosphorus and potassium in the soil. So again, an organic, um, an organic liquid plant food would be the best thing to put on it. Again, your nature safe organic tomato food would be a good one. There's another one, uh, BioGold Vigor. It's called. It's another Irish product, a new one this year. Uh, that I have seen the results of the trials and I've been given a sample of it. And I know it's available in garden centres and I'm using it in some of my own this year. Uh, and wow, it, 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 looking at last year's trials and looking at my plants this year, this BioGold Vigor for edible plants looks to be absolutely fantastic. So pruning them in the first instance uh, and feeding them with something like that. Okay. Now, I think, did John Paul send you on the picture from Anne in Bantry and her roses? Okay. This is Anne in Bantry sent on a lovely picture for roses. She says, I've got this lovely rose in my garden and it's a gorgeous pink climbing rose. It's got lots and lots of lovely smelling roses. The problem is the leaves always look very bad. I have given it tomato food, I've sprayed it for green fly, etc. At this stage, there's hardly a leaf left on it. A few of the branches have died off as well. What am I doing wrong? Last year, the same thing happened, and but it did come back again. And I can see the roses are gorgeous, but it's the leaves. Yes. Now, John Paul did, did send it to me, but the second part of that answer was my, my constant problem. My phone was more or less dead, so I could only just about make out the picture. But it, it seems to be... Uh, it, it, it looks to me to be black spot. It's an awful lot of yellowing on the yeah, leaf. Yeah. No, 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 as I say, I couldn't make out the photograph perfectly. That's my fault. But it, it looked like yellowing in the leaf and a bit of black. That is black spot. I know black spot you, would, you wouldn't maybe associate with yellow, but the actual yellowing of the leaf is a classic symptom. So actually spraying for green fly has done nothing to help it. And I would urge people, like if you don't know what's wrong, don't just go for the insecticides because they are very damaging. Um, you're damaging the bee population. You're damaging the ladybird population which, you know, ironically is what will eat your green fly if you did have a green fly problem. So please don't just go for the nearest chemical, particularly if you don't know what's, what's, what's causing it, because it's not like spraying on soap. You're spraying on damaging, damaging chemicals. But in this instance, I think a good pruning now, so prune off any infected growths, prune off any stems that may look like they're dying or that have yellow leaves or anything like that. Don't leave them around the base of the plant. Don't put them in the compost bin because they'll actually just spread the problem. So throw them in your brown bin or, or just off site um, and then treat it with, uh, with your, your copper sulfate, which I mentioned a couple of times. Copper sulfate mixed with water, make a solution, about 35 grams to one and a half litres of water. Drench your rose with that. Drench the soil around it with the copper sulfate. It works brilliantly as a preventative. So ideally put it on or going forward now, put it on early in the year. Let's say put it on early April uh, next year. And it works very good to prevent uh, roses getting these fungal problems like black spot, uh, mildew, grey mould, a lot of these things. 
So now prune off the infected growth, treat it with that and give it a feed with a good rose food, something like the Goulding's liquid rose food, I find very, very good. Uh, and I think, you know, do all those things uh, and in years years to come, put on, put do them again, but do them earlier in the year, kind of early April. And I think you should be quite successful. OK, and a listener has, has literally just sent it in, so I have time to send it on to you. A fantastic picture of her cactus. It's a two foot high cactus looking very healthy, I have to say, but is wondering how to keep it uh, because I've never even changed the pot. It's only in a multipurpose compost. Cactus, fairly easy to keep going. Well, if you've got it, if you've got it to two feet high and it's doing well, and I, I suspect it's been for well, she doesn't say whether she just got it as a gift or it's been with her for a number of years. No, I, I, um, I would imagine the way it's said. I've never, I've never even changed the size of the pots. Okay, so yeah, yeah, so she has it for a number it's of years. Huge. So I leave well alone. <laughs> yeah, but see, cactus, cactus don't need, don't need much in terms of soil or anything like that, and their 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 stems are modified and swollen to to. Uh, what am I trying to say to contain water to conserve water uh, and their needles are actually modified leaves so 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 that they don't lose water through transpiration so I would say leave well alone if you do want to repot particularly at this stage you might need to repot for stability as much as anything else so I, I would just use a very very free draining compost you don't need a rich compost or anything like that you could even go 50-50 topsoil and some sand uh, so very very free draining um, but 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 if if the pot doesn't, you know, if if you don't need to replace the pot because it's if it's not falling over, if it's not getting too hot, top heavy, then I'd leave well alone. Okay, hi, Mary and Douglas. My apple tree ha- had black spots on them last year, and I don't know if she means the apples have black spots on it. The leaves this year now are looking black. Should I cut it down? Says Mary and okay, Douglas. Just, just before I answer that, go back to the cactus very, very briefly. Just if you are repotting the cactus, one thing I should say, if you can imagine a two foot cactus, it's not going to be that easy to take it out of the pot. No. So wrap it, kind of roll it in, a, in some pliable cardboard around the cactus and then you can pull it out without, without kind of killing yourself with the thorns. So just be careful of that. So yeah, with the black spot on the tree, no, I wouldn't think there's any need to chop it down. It's a very similar black spot to what I was just talking about with the roses. So again, my advice would be prune off any disease or infected growth uh, which may be a lot of it, but don't worry about that. The, the plant will come good. It'll be next year, but it will come good. So prune off any infected growth. Um, when you're pruning it, try and make sure there's no congested branches. And this is the same for the rose. So make sure there's no crossing branches. or You've no, you don't, you, the, you want, particularly with an apple, what's called an open bush center, so that you have all the branches going out from the main stem. So you have this, obviously, open center to the bush. It allows good air circulation. Uh, and therefore, it's, it's harder for fungal infections to, to get a hold. So prune off infected growth. When you're pruning, try and make sure you're creating this open bush centre. Again, back to my old faithful, the copper sulphate, mix it with water, treat the apple tree, treat the soil around it, and that should be okay for next year. You may have to, you will have to do it again, like with the roses, uh, every April, at time of bud burst, when the leaves are just coming back to life in late March, early April. Hit it again with your copper sulphate then. I think it should be okay. Okay, and a final one of verburnum that's gone scraggy underneath. Should I cut it back hard? Whip it out and throw them out. <laughs> Would you? I shouldn't say that so. I shouldn't say that so flippantly without seeing it. No, I'm just depending on the viburnum. I'm not a fan of all of them, but some of them can look lovely. But if it has gone straggly underneath, okay, give it a chance. Do cut it back hard, but you can't cut it all back to the straggly growth. You need to make sure you're leaving some foliage on it. So cut it back if 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 you can understand this. Cut it back as hard as you can. 
making sure that you're leaving some foliage on yeah. it and then allow it to green up below those cuts then if it does and it comes back good and bushy well and good if by but after six or 12 months it's still struggling still looking scraggly i'd be i'd be brutal and replace it yeah okay all right listen enjoy the fine weather that we're expecting today and tomorrow and, and i hope it stays with us for a long time Thank God. Andrew, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks a million, Peter. Bye-bye. That is uh, the Irish uh, gardener, uh, Peter Dowdle. You can check him out on his. He's got some really great videos on his uh, Facebook uh, page as well. Okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.